Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot. I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you. And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, in the we found the telephone and electricity line here described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. murder. Sometimes killers have no clear motive for their crimes. On November 6, 1955, a man was born who would go on to with the help of a female accomplice, begin a crime spree that would span six states and, within a few months, cost eight people their lives. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Alton Coleman was born on November 6, 1955. He was known from an early age by law enforcement and was charged with sex crimes six times between 1973 and 1983. He was diagnosed with personality disorder with antisocial, narcissistic, and obsessive features, as well as epileptic spasms, psychosis, and borderline personality disorder. In 1983, he met a woman named Deborah Brown. She, too, had been diagnosed with a personality disorder, though hers was dependent personality disorder. She was also borderline intellectually disabled as a result of a head trauma suffered as a child. Before meeting Alton, Deborah had no history of violence. Alton, already scheduled to go on trial for the rape of a 14-year-old girl, decided to prey upon Deborah and began to use her in the most monstrous ways. The pair committed their first murder together in May of 1984. Alton met and befriended the mother of nine-year-old Vernita Wheat from Kenosha, Wisconsin. 
The young girl was last seen alive on May 29th. On June 19th, the decomposed body of Vernita Wheat was found in an abandoned building just blocks away from Alton's grandmother's apartment. She had been raped and then strangled. Just a few days after Vernita disappeared, Alton befriended Robert Carpenter, borrowed his car, and never returned. By June of 1984, Alton and Deborah were in Gary, Indiana. While there, they met nine-year-old Annie and her seven-year-old niece, Tamika Turks. The pair sexually assaulted the girls. Annie was able to survive the attack, but Tamika wasn't so lucky. Her body was found on June 19th. That same day, a 25-year-old woman named Donna Williams disappeared. Her body was found in Detroit, Michigan on July 11th. She, like their other victims, had been raped and strangled to death. On June 28th, the couple entered the home of Mr. and Mrs. Palmer Jones. They beat the couple and stole their car and money. They were on the run once again. This time, they ended up in Toledo, Ohio, where they met Virginia Temple. When Virginia seemed to stop communication with all of her family, they went to her home to check on her. Inside were her scared and abandoned children, and in the crawl space were the bodies of Virginia and her nine-year-old daughter, Rochelle. That same morning, Alton and Deborah entered the home of Frank and Dorothy Duvendak, tied the couple up, and stole money and their car. On July 20th, in Cincinnati, the body of 15-year-old Tony Story was found. Underneath her body was a bracelet stolen from the Temple home. The crime seemed to finally be catching up to them as police began connecting the dots. Alton Coleman was added to the FBI's 10 most wanted list, but it didn't slow him down at all. In an effort to steal his car, the pair left Harry Walters unconscious, surviving his attack and able to tell police about the couple he met. His wife, on the other hand, was left raped and beaten to death. Near her body was a broken soda bottle that bore Alton Coleman's fingerprints. And inside of the home were bloody footprints belonging to two sets of shoes. Police now knew that Alton wasn't acting alone. Two days later, Alton and Deborah kidnapped O-line Carmichael Jr. in Kentucky. They drove back to Ohio with, with the man in the trunk of his own car. On July 17th, they abandoned the car with Carmichael still inside. He was rescued by police. The couple then returned to the home of Reverend Millard Gay and his wife, whom they stayed with when they were in Dayton, and began threatening them with guns. The Reverend recognized Alton as both the man who stayed with them and a wanted fugitive. Alton left the couple alive and, in their car, drove back towards Illinois. Along the way, they killed 75-year-old Eugene Scott for his car. The murderous rampage finally came to an end on July 20th when the couple was arrested in a park after a motorist reported them to the police. A week later, more than 50 police officers from six different jurisdictions met to form a strategy to make sure the couple would never be released. They, in an effort to impose a death penalty, tried to find a state that they committed murder in that employed capital punishment. They chose Ohio. The couple were found guilty for the rape and murder of Tony Story and Marlene Waters. The couple was sentenced to death. 
Alton Coleman was executed on April 26, 2002. Deborah Brown's sentence was later commuted to life in prison after her low IQ and manipulative relationship with Alton was brought into question. She has never shown remorse for her actions. Ultimately, no one truly knows the reason that the pair committed these violent crimes. There has been speculation, but in the end, it is truly a senseless act. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 7th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.